Hello, and thank you for listening. This is day two of the Becoming a Beast Book Club, where we will read the next three pages of The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. I'm currently reading from the 8th Anniversary Edition. My Day of Disgust The transition from beach bum to millionaire did not happen overnight. It was a long, slow, at times painful roller coaster process because, frankly, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have the key that you're getting in this book. I didn't have the slight edge. I was working it out by trial and error. Lots of error. I was born and raised in Albuquerque. My dad died when my brother, sister, and I were just kids, and somehow my mom held everything together. She was a terrific mother, a loving and consistent presence in our lives. But it was still a rough way to grow up as a fatherless, blonde-headed kid in a Hispanic neighborhood where he didn't fit in. I didn't know what to do with it all. So I channeled my energy into mischief and misbehavior. A few years before my dad died, when I was in the third grade, my teacher informed my mother I had a low IQ. Now I started proving the point and quickly gained the mischief-maker reputation. While my mother worked her way through the years, I struggled my way through school. By age 18... It was clear to anyone who knew me that I didn't have much of a future. I begged my way into the University of New Mexico. At college, I built upon my previous academic career and success in taking my C average down to a D. I did learn one thing, though. I learned that when spring break came, all the students went to the East Daytona Beach for a week to party hard. I thought I could do them one better. I quit school altogether and moved there. And Daytona Beach... I pursued my first calling as a beach bum with long curly locks. To meet ends meet, if you can call it that, I took a job at the Orlando Country Club cutting the golf course grass. One day I was cutting the greens under the scorching Florida sun. I paused to watch the wealthy club members playing golf all over the porcelain smooth grass I had just cut for them. Watching them hum and fro in their zippy golf carts and their dapper golf outfits with their classy golf bags filled with expensive clubs, I felt a burning question simmer inside of me. Why is it that they're over there riding in their carts and I'm over here working? I don't get it. How come we're over? <clears throat> how come they're over there putting while I'm over here cutting? Hey, I was as good as those people were. Why did they get to have? 10 times, 20 times better than me. Were they 20 times smarter? Were they 20 times better than me? Or did they work 20 times harder? I don't think so. I felt that there was something going on here I should get. Something that ought to be crystal clear, but for me, was clear as mud. It all seemed so unfair. For whatever reason, as it happens in so many people's lives, I found myself staring squarely at a fork in the road, a point I now refer to as the day of disgust. That moment of impact we sometimes hit in our lives when we come smacked face to face with our circumstances, without having a clue to the what or the how of it, make a decision to change. In that instant, standing there sweltering in the brutal Florida heat, I came to just such a moment of decision. I suddenly knew that I had it up to here with where I was and what I was. Something clicked. The tumblers in the lock fell into place and I knew that I could never go back 
I knew that I could never go back to where I'd been only moments earlier. I knew that for things to be different, I had to do something different. I found a, one piece of the puzzle, only a piece, and not really enough to find my way to genuine, lasting success, but enough to get started on the path in pursuit. The Super Achiever On the heels of that day of disgust epiphany, I walked away from the golf course, loaded my stereo and clothes onto my 1964 Dodge Dart Slant 6. All my possessions fit easily into the back seat with room left over for a passenger, and took off to Albuquerque. The car kept overheating so bad that it took me six days to get to Texas. It was the longest trip of my life, and not just because of the crappy car, but because of the distance I traveled in my heart and soul. When I traveled in New Mexico, I had resolved that I was going to forever leave behind the land of mediocrity and start inhabiting the world of high achievement. I was going to pour it on, go all eight cylinders, okay, for okay, for the moment that would be all six cylinders, and do whatever it took to move my life ahead. As I said, all my life I had no better than average at anything. I had been no better at average than anything I had done. Average grades, average athletics, average social skills. I knew the only way I could ever become anybody was by working harder and being more persistent. If I wanted to have a prayer of a chance of getting on the team, I had to work harder in practice. If I wanted to impress somebody in the social world, I had to work harder at it. If I was going to get good grades, I would have to study harder. So I did. That semester, for the first time in my life, I got straight A's. I went on to business school and graduated in the top of my class, and the rest, you could say, was history. Except that it wasn't. I didn't know it yet, but just working harder doesn't do it. If it did, then everybody who works hard would have made it. All you have to do is look around you, and you can see that this isn't the case. The world is chock full of people who are working their butts off and still getting their butts kicked by circumstances. I was about to find this out. Fresh out of college, I went to work at the Albuquerque International Airport where I continued to pour it on and work my tail off. Well, it seemed like no time at all I had become one of the youngest international airport managers in the country. I was such a hot management material that I recruited away I was recruited away from the airport by the Dallas based tech giant Texas instrument where I worked for the next five years and advanced in management level as a manager in company's intelligence systems division by corporate America. But corporate America wasn't for me. There was a lot of politics, which I hated, and didn't feel like I'd found the place where I belonged. And I was clearly on the super-achieving role, right? Honestly, it felt like I could accomplish anything I put my mind to. Like, learn the magic words, found the secret formula. So I stuck it out... So I struck out on my own and set foot in the entrepreneurial path. Moving back to Albuquerque again, I started a solar energy company. I knew nothing about solar energy. I barely knew where the sun came up. I barely knew whether the sun came up in the east or in the west. 
East, it turns out. But with 400 solar companies in the state of New Mexico, but with 400 solar companies in the state, Mexico is the capital of the budding new industry. So ignorance or not, the smart course of action seemed clear. And at first it looked like I had indeed made a very smart decision. With two years, my company was one of the top in the nation and before long became the largest solar energy company in America. I was thrilled on top of the world. What I didn't know was that nothing never stays the same. Everything in motion, always, everything changes. And that was what happened next. Times changed, tech loss changed, our industry was hit hard. Before I knew what was happening, my company had collapsed and I lost everything, Go back to zero. And below, and below, owning more money than I could ever have even hoped to make again, owing more money than I could have ever have hoped to make again, I couldn't believe my super achievements had turned into dust right before my eyes. My millionaire path had evaporated, Illy Mac in the beach bum land, the guy with nothing. They even took my car.